Welcome to the first Best Nurse Podcast, where each month we share information for and about Atrium Health Nurses. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of First Best Nurse. Today is very special because we are going to get to the heart of the matter, the heart of nursing, and uh, we want to do that today with stories. So um, a little bit different. We're not going to be so conversational today, but we really just want to get straight into some great stories from some amazing nurses um, that we have here at Atrium Health, and we're going to be representing presenting um, service lines all the way from hospice to float pool management to um, nurse educators. So we've got a lot of different types of nurses represented here. And let's just jump right in. Uh, So one of our first guests is Angie. Angie Alexander, why don't you introduce yourself and just hop right into your story? Sure. My name is Angie Alexander, and I started my nursing career at Atrium. Back then, it was called Carolina's Medical Center. In the emergency department, I always wanted to be an emergency department nurse. I um, graduated with a diploma program and graduated on a Friday and started working in the emergency department on a Monday. Um, And that was 31 years ago. But in 2007, um, I had been tasked with finding a better way to care for our sexually assaulted patients that presented to the emergency department. Um, We knew that they weren't so much physically injured, but emotionally traumatized. And we felt that their weight in the waiting room and the processes that we had going wasn't the best care that we could give these patients. And the last thing we wanted to do was have them be victimized from their assault and then re-victimized later because we didn't collect evidence correctly or do a full thorough medical evaluation and pair them with community resources. So in 2007, Um, I started our Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner Program, and my title now is the Forensic Program Coordinator here at Atrium Health, and currently we respond to patients who are sexually assaulted in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg County. Um, It is 10 of our Atrium hospitals. Our 10th one will be um, Mountain Island Lake when it opens soon. And we have 11 sexual assault nurse examiners, and we give care to patients who have been sexually assaulted by performing a full head-to-toe examination. We do their pelvic exam. We connect them with community resources, um, and we testify in courtroom proceedings if, if needed. But mostly, we just really want to know that their healing begins with us. And we want to do everything that we can to make sure that we give them all the resources they need to start that healing process. Wow, Angie, I'm so proud of you for that work. Um, When she's talking about starting that program in 2007, I had the pleasure of working with her at that time. And I'm so glad that she's been able to flourish that program. So great job. And uh, so Angie and I are cold, old co-workers, and Candace and Carrie and I are new co-workers. 
So I'm excited to introduce them and let them share their story. Hey everyone, um, my name is Candace Hellard. I am the Clinical Operations Manager here at Hospice and Palliative Care of Cabarrus County. Um, Carrie's my counterpart and we work really close together to serve hospice patients in our communities. Um, I started with Atrium Health about 13 years ago, uh, actually as a CNA at our Tucker Hospice House. I graduated nursing school and went to work in the surgical trauma ICU and then um, graduated with my master's and um, became the educator or one of the educators at uh, Carolina's Medical Center. Worked in the ER a little bit and then came back full circle to hospice and this is truly where my heart is. Uh, this year has been quite difficult for all of us, um, but in the hospice world, um, it's affected us a little bit differently. And working both in the acute care setting and now in hospice, I can really see um, you know, some of the differences and uh, where we really could maybe partner better together to, to take better care of our community. But my story really is about um, the fantastic work that our hospice nurses have done over the past year. We have um, taken care of many COVID positive patients and uh, we are used to dealing with lots of families. We have families all in our hospice house. We're used to family members all in the home and that's really our specialty is highlighting the caregiver is the hero. So when families aren't in town and they're not in our hospice house, um, it's been a little awkward. And so we've had to learn how to adapt. And our team at our Tucker Hospice House has done some phenomenal work. We have accommodated families on our patios when they were not allowed in the building. Um, we've made hot chocolate and covered people up with blankets and brought in heaters and everything we needed to do so they would be able to spend that special time with their loved one. But one particular story really just touches my heart and it's a family that had uh, spent a lot of time planning um, the funeral of their mother and they had every detail um, planned with her. She was uh, a, a woman that really just wanted to be in control even till the end and she had her outfit picked out and her hair just right. You know, she wanted everything done and um, she um, passed away in the midst of COVID and was unable to have a uh, funeral at that time. So our team actually got the patient dressed after she passed. They did her hair and her nails and her makeup and uh, they fixed the room up and they were able to have the family um, come to the window on the patio and have kind of like a, a funeral, an open casket funeral, and that's all she wanted. Um, so it's just amazing the work that our team's doing here uh, despite the pandemic and you know in the acute care setting you have your partner next to you most of the time you can kind of lean on and share maybe your fears or your concerns or double check your PPE um, but many of our hospice teammates are kind of lone rangers out there and going into homes and and they're just up for the challenge and they're just doing such great work. As Candace alluded to, I'm Carrie Black. I'm her partner. I'm the clinical operations manager for Hospice of Union County here in uh, Monroe. And I have uh, my background originally was in med surge and then got into the oncology specialty. 
always in acute care the first 17 years. I started with University Hospital, which was part of Carolina's healthcare system at that time, and then stepped away to a different system, but am now back with Atrium and um, got into hospice just kind of by happenstance. Um, I was managing an infusion department and the inpatient hospice unit at that time was next door to my unit. So that leader had left and they said, hey, Carrie, do you want to just oversee this unit for a little while while we're looking for a new manager? I said, well, I don't know a lot about hospice, but sure, I'll step in and help out. Well, we all kind of know where that road leads to. You end up becoming the manager of the unit. So um, I learned to love hospice. I fell in love with hospice, and I've actually been doing that for the last 11 years now. I've been with Hospice of Union County for the last six years as, uh, and came as a supervisor and then uh, rolled into the new clinical operations manager role um, a year ago in February. So um, our story is, is a lot uh, like Candace, but it's going to be in the home care setting. And as Candace alluded to, you know, during this pandemic, we have been become the eyes and ears for our patients and families, especially for the skilled nursing facilities. We serve patients in the skilled nursing facilities and during a normal time we are you know making contact with those family members at least once a week sometimes we're meeting them there for visits but they obviously have not been able to do that during this pandemic so it's been e become even more critical that we you know keep that communication line open and really let the family know what's going on with that loved one behind those closed doors so this story that i want to talk about it's really describes the partnership with the CNA and the nurse that's caring for an elderly woman who is in a skilled nursing facility with dementia. She is not only elderly with dementia, but she also was Spanish speaking. So there was a language barrier. There was the dementia. Her husband wasn't able to get in to visit. I mean, there were just all kinds of, you know, things, obstacles that we had to really try to work through to um, let this family member know that she was still loved and that someone was still there for her. So their 60, I think it was 62 years anniversary was coming up and her husband wanted to do something really special. Of course, he wasn't allowed into the facility. So we arranged to get her bathed, put her makeup on, fix her hair. The CNA really kind of dolled her up to look so pretty and uh, arranged the meeting outside the window of her room for her husband to come. So he came to the room, the window. Um, they were able to, to see each other through the window and her face just lit up. She actually mumbled a few words um, that were in Spanish, but of course she recognized him and it was just a very, very special time and a special day for both of them. So just the partnership and the collaboration that the team you know, took and, and put to this together for that that loved one was it, it meant more than words. And of course, he will never forget that day. Um, she since has passed, but you know that that just made those last few months memorable for them. And um, just want to highlight that, you know, it's just become increasingly important for us to be the voice when they haven't had the advocate, you know, their family members sitting next to them in that um, facility, you know, that that room there in the facility. So we just tried to increase our communication to the family and really just be that voice for them through all of this. But that's just the, the type of work that we do. And, you know, all of our teammates that work for hospice, they'll tell you that, you know, it's certainly a calling. 
and they're here because they want to be here and they love what they do. And this is just an example of that work. That's so awesome. And I know COVID really did make it a challenge for everybody, but um, so it maybe is a little more noticeable in some places like in hospice where those last moments are so important. And, you know, and, and the other thing that stands out with your story and even what Angie was saying is it's, you know, we as nurses, we're very sometimes focused on the tasks and skills that need to be done, but often it sees it's just more those acts of caring and, and compassion that have such a profound effect on people. So connecting them to resources, letting them have a moment, you know, at the window with their loved one. And even, um, I just, I heard of a story, um, this is just the example of the heart of a nurse is um, a, a nurse, an LPN at Kings Mountain. Uh, her name is Javondia Hamrick, and uh, she was discharging a patient and took the patient out to their car, and it was cold outside, and she realized the patient didn't have a coat, so she took her coat off and gave it to the patient. And I'll hear that sort of thing a lot, these selfless gestures that really aren't, not really what we went to nursing school to learn, but it's the human side, and like Megan said, the heart of nursing. Um, and, and, you know, folks like that are thankfully plentiful, but they deserve to be recognized and cheered on too. So I just wanted to share that story also. And Mickey, you want to go ahead? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Mickey Glass. Um, I work for corporate quality at Atrium Health in the medical staff quality department. Uh, my background is mostly obstetric with a little bit of inpatient rehab in there at the very beginning, um, which was a great experience in teamwork, I think, for, for both areas. But what, what I realized in my new role working in medical staff quality is I don't think I ever realized as a nurse on the unit or even in management how many other jobs that nurses do in healthcare, uh, and I currently work with a group of amazing nurses who are working in so many different areas. We work with um, physicians in peer review, um, in their ongoing professional practice evaluations. We work with nurses across our system in nursing event peer review, um, doing audits, and in each case, the heart of the nurse is there in all of their efforts we review cases um, from across our system, and we're always looking for those process issues, the things that can help our providers, our nurses, our patients moving forward. So yes, an event may have happened, but how can we really fix it from you know the future? We've identified um, opportunities with medications, with power plans, um, all sorts of barriers that nurses on the floor experience and that we are able to, or my team is able to, really dive into and work with all the other areas of quality to get that fixed. I have uh, a teammate who works directly with anesthesia and the sheer number of opportunities that they've identified to help them through their processes is incredible to see. The nurses that I work with um, in all of the areas take the time to really dive in 
and use their critical analytical skills to look into the documentation and to, to try and figure out what actually happened and how they can help. And they talk to the nurses and talk to the providers and they haven't lost one ounce of their passion for patient care, even though currently because of COVID we're, we're mostly working remote. They are still on the ground every day. And I think with Nurses Week coming, I think often those nurses who work outside of that bedside don't necessarily always get seen or heard. And, and I really wanted to make sure that people knew that there are other places that nurses can work um, and that they're doing amazing things and doing it to help the patients and to help our nurses and our providers. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, one good thing about Atrium Health is that, you know, we have a lot of uh, different ways to recognize nurses every year. We do the DAISY Awards. We do Pinnacle Awards, which is um, not specifically for nurses, but for all teammates. And nurses have received those awards. And we also have, have our internal um, process where a, a process called Notable Nurse as well. So we have many different avenues to recognize nurses. And I can say, you know, with the Pinnacle Award, which again, hundreds of teammates um, are submitted every year for, for that particular award or recognition and um, very prestigious. And, you know, think about all of the thousands of teammates across the atrium organization and so last year two nurses actually received the pinnacle award so that's Renella Edie and uh who is an, an assistant vice president with our rehabilitation service line and one of our clinical nurse specialists Kayla Fuller clinical nurse specialist um, with Atrium Health Carolina's Medical Center so two great nurses that were uh, recognized last year for um, the Pinnacle Award. So I just want to call that out. And so I just want to um, hop in and share a story um, from one of our nurses at Carolina's Medical Center, um, Amanda, Greg Am Amanda Gregory. She is a clinical nurse leader and she sent us a message um, or a story around um, one of her experiences and, you know, how it really relates to our Atrium Health mission and vision. So I'm gonna read her a little bit of her story here. Amanda wrote, I encountered a confused patient on my unit that kept telling staff that she was homeless. While staff accepted this answer, I became suspicious due to her expensive clothes and well-educated demeanor that there was more to her story. After many unsuccessful attempts, I partnered with a physical therapist to ascertain more details around the patient. The physical therapist, who was well known for building trusting relationships with patients and getting them to open up, was able to get the patient's real name. I then searched social media and all other sources to make additional connections for this patient. I soon found her on social media and her family posted a missing persons announcement on her page. I reached out to the missing persons unit at the police department where this patient was from and the police connected the family with the patient 
resolving the missing persons case. The patient and family were very relieved and happy to be reunited. I elevated Hope with this patient's family who was desperately combing her neighborhood to find her, fearing she was hurt or even dead. I elevated Hope with this patient and family that HRM Health nurses will go above and beyond to meet the holistic needs of our patients. That's pretty awesome. I mean, definitely carrying out our mission and vision here with Atrium. I mean, how is that elevating hope and really advancing healing for that family? Wow, it's awesome. Thank you, Amanda, for sharing your story. So, Angie, you were talking about how uh, with your, your sexual assault patients, it's really important for you that they understand that you're working with them to start their healing process. Um, did any, any patient or any situation come to mind that you can recall where you really think you had an impact? So um, I know that this is all about the heart of nursing and the heart of a nurse, and it's easy to show compassion to someone who has been sexually assaulted, and it's also easy to think that the win is getting their perpetrator arrested or jailed, but sometimes... Um, the true act of compassion is just having knowledge of how um, of the different options, such as anonymous kit collection, so they can consider whether they want to um, involve law enforcement, um, making sure the SANES know how to network with law enforcement and advocacy and community partners so that their experience can be the best experience that we can offer them. Um, sometimes just medicating them to prevent sexually transmitted infections or pregnancy is really what, what they want. And just honoring their wishes and making sure that you have the knowledge. I went back to school for my ADM program and got my master's, then went on, uh, went on and I got my bachelor's, then went on to get my master's. I also have four certifications in nursing, and each of those taught me something about the area of practice, and it made me more knowledgeable. And it was a personal goal of mine to make sure that I had all the knowledge av available for my patients so that I can help them with their choices and help them through this process. Um, we always like to begin to tell patients that, you know, um, to offer them their choices were taken away. We want to make sure that we give those choices back and do that in a very compassionate way and making sure that their wishes are respected. And um, it may not be how I would react, but this isn't about me. It's always about the patient. Hi, my name is Jeanette Martin. I am the RN program coordinator at CMC Maine. Um, I've been with the system about six years. I first came in uh, to Atrium through Resource. And then about three years ago, I took a, a position as an admin supervisor at Maine. This last year, I have been the RM program coordinator for um, various departments that really work uh, more of the teammate side. My story has to do with how our nurses 
really go above and beyond and step outside of that traditional role. Um, about a year and a half ago, we had a patient and I was part of the initial discovery. He was found living in our parking deck with his family. The grandmother had been a patient of ours. Long story, um, he was admitted into our facility and stayed for quite a number of months. We became very fond of this patient, knowing that um, ultimately the hospital took guardianship of him and we were waiting for a placement. Throughout this time, he would often come over to the supervisor's office. Him and I would throw uh, basketball hoops into the trash can. We would sit and enjoy uh, a movie in the evenings just to kind of bring him out and let him socialize. He was uh, 19 years old, and it's very difficult to keep a 19-year-old autistic young man in a room <laughs> for months on end. We really watched him flourish as we interacted with him and brought back some normalcy to his life. Um, during the end of his stay, it became quite frequent that the nurses, we would take him out to the basketball hoops over by Lot M. Mid-afternoon, you would see him out there. People would take him on their lunch break. He really enjoyed this time. Part of me thinks, oh, that's a one-off situation. Well, this morning in our daily touch points, I learned that these things are still happening. Yesterday on 3B ADTU, um, Shannon shared that her nurses have had a longtime resident on their unit that they take out to the common areas to enjoy ice cream in the nice summer weather. So I just really want to touch that, you know, nurses complete so many non-traditional roles that impact the lives of our patients in ways that we could never imagine. But thank you to all the nurses that, um, work hard every day to make us a better organization. Thank you. I just want to hop in there too. I worked personally with Jeanette and I'm telling you as a nurse, she just cut through, cut through the hard exterior of any patient and really just would get to the heart of whatever their issue was. And she could connect even with the most difficult people in the ER. Um, so I know Jeanette, you have the heart of a nurse beating inside you for it, for sure. Wow, wouldn't that make Florence proud? Tending to the basic human needs there and getting some good fresh air for those patients. That's awesome. I love that. And what I'm hearing too is, like you said earlier, Stephanie, like this, these are things we don't learn in nursing school, but yet, how is it that nurses, we are attracted, we're all attracted to this profession and we share this heart just to basically love people. And we're meet, we're doing that by meeting these needs that they have on a base level. Um, I, I just love it. I love these stories. I'm just encouraged. Yeah. And meeting, meeting the needs despite everything else that we're faced with in our own personal lives. You know, if you look at the nursing profession, you know, 90% of the profession is made up of women. And, you know, during, especially over the last year, women have really had to take on many uh, additional roles or roles that were very different, even just in the home. So taking care of the kids and becoming educators and, you know, caregivers and, you know, of their, you know, of their parents. So it's just, um, you know, definitely 
taking care of our patients, but taking care of the people in our own lives each and every day and taking care of ourselves. So, yep. Kudos to all nurses. You know, Carmen, part of taking care of yourself, one of the things that I've learned in my nursing career is um, the emergency department is a very fast place, fast paced place, right? Um, And I really have enjoyed transitioning into forensic nursing and taking care of patients because it's very one-on-one and I can offer them that holistic nursing aspect that sometimes we can lose focus on in the emergency department. Um, I would just encourage anyone out there in any kind of nursing, if forensic nursing is something that might interest you, um, that you you pursue pursue something that might be a little outside the box or something that you didn't see yourself doing because I have found that um, I'm very, I have a very rewarding career that I would have never thought 31 years ago, just starting as a new grad in the emergency department that I could see myself doing. And to add to, to that, um, you know, this, this past year has been really crazy with, with many of us stepping in and doing things that we haven't, done before doing um the COVID testing lines and the the vaccine clinics and working in the emergency management um offices just to to do anything that we possibly can and to top on that there's so many different careers for us but taking care of yourself is so key uh and sometimes it is just by exploring something new um i and, and several of my teammates, we had the the pleasure and the honor to get to work with some of the vaccine clinics. And it really was filling our bucket. It really was such an amazing experience to get to be with patients and to see their joy and their... Ex- I, I literally had two women who I gave the vaccine to that were having a dance party in their car. They were so excited to get that vaccine. And it really does help fill your bucket for the work that you do every day. And, and touching patients is such a key part of what we do that, that that's just been an incredible experience. And I encourage anybody to try something new to help fill their bucket. I was just gonna follow up on what Micah said, or Mickey said that, um, you know, we have seen so many nurses step outside of their norm that you know, non-traditional role to really be flexible and adaptable through COVID that we have been able to touch uh, the lives of so many just because of their ability to adapt to this um, never-ending change. So very thankful. Me too, Jeanette, you know, and I, I look at the world and the world is in turmoil. And then I look at you, you guys and hear these stories and, you know, nursing, we are a diverse group. Yes, we're 90% women, but we are from all walks of life. We're in all different specialties. And we get it. We pull it together, don't we? We work well together. We treat people with dignity. We love people. And I think the world should take note of what nursing is doing. And maybe maybe some of the world's problems could be solved. Um, but I'll kick it to you, Carmen, and you can wrap us up with our mission. Yeah, <clears throat> thanks, Megan, and 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 everybody, Steph, and everybody for joining us today. Um, we had a, a such a, a a wonderful 
and empowering episode today, Nurses Month, uh, Nurses Week, uh, whichever one you want to call it, is always um, near and dear to my heart every year. Um, I endeavor to celebrate it no matter where I'm at, what I'm doing at that time of the year. So just so excited to have and hear, have you all here and hear all of the great stories. If we always kind of end our podcast um, just really reflecting on Atrium Health's mission and vision. And I'm not sure if, you know, our guest here today um, knows this, but um, our podcast is called First Best Nurse. And that really was taken from, you know, Atrium Health vision uh, for nurses. So nurses are to be the first and the best, right? So if you look at our vision, and so um, that's really where the title of this podcast came from. But we also reflect from that vision, we reflect on the mission. And remember, you know, our mission is, so our mission is to improve, improve health, elevate hope and advanced healing, advance healing. And if you remember all of the different stories that we told today from planning a funeral for our patients um, in our hospice settings or putting our sexual assault patients first, taking care of them, making sure their needs are met, making sure they are feeling like an individual and, and that we, we care for them authentically, making sure that, you know, when visitation rules are um, limited in a skilled nursing, that we are going above and beyond to really make that environment and make a special day um, a really, really memorable day for our, our patients in the skilled facility. And then just really, you know, going back to how nurses from across the system and, and other areas, other roles, non-clinical, wherever they are, how they really, you know, continued the work wherever they were and took on new roles and took on, you know, new projects and initiatives to continue to improve the health. All of our stories reflect the mission of our organization. And, and my heart is warm today just, just to know that and to be reaffirmed in that and how great our nurses are here and how great it is to work here at Atrium Health as a registered nurse and as a licensed practical nurse and as a nursing assistant and any other clinician um, or clinical role that might make an impact in our patients. So thank you all for um, join, joining us today. It's been a wonderful um, uh, time and opportunity and we're so grateful for your time today. Thank you.